Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of Generation GC, The Innocent by Goldfinger, featuring Good Charlotte and Mest. My name is Molly Huddleston. I'm your host, and my guest today is John P. Parhomsky. A few days ago, we talked about silver screen romance from cardiology. This is a bonus episode. And on Wednesday, we'll be back with a song from Youth Authority. Born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, John is a proud pop-punk aficionado and a self-described superfan of Good Charlotte since 2000. He saw them for the first time on their 2001 Uniting the States tour and has since followed them around on various tours nationwide between 2003 and 2006. He's seen them a lot of times. John worked for Fearless Records on the 2008 and 2009 Vance Warped Tour, and he also toured with bands like Alisana and Artist vs. Poet. After touring, John went to Harris Stowe State University to study web design and is currently a technical analyst for a major software company in St. Louis. I had a lot of fun talking to John. I think y'all are really going to enjoy hearing our conversation. Um, The Innocent is definitely a song that I think really rings true in 2020, 2021. COVID is still, it's not going away anytime soon. ICUs are at capacity. People are dying every single day. So please continue to wear masks to social distance and follow your local, state, and federal guidelines. And stay inside. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Wash your hands. As I mentioned a few days ago on episode 46, 2021 is off to a pretty wild start. You know, and as I said on that episode, I'm really not entirely shocked that riders storm the U.S. Capitol building because since the, I mean, the the past four years have been pretty insane, but especially the election process, uh, the far right have shown (laughs) they're not going to just accept it. They they are going to do whatever they can to overthrow it, I guess. As I'm recording this, per the BBC, five people have died and there were 82 arrests. And and as I mentioned um, on the last episode, I I don't want to make this a news show because I know that the news can be really overwhelming, but I do want to remind you of two very important subjects that I often bring up on the show. The first is uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, specifically, you know, how the, the armed security that would show up at even the most peaceful Black Lives Matter protests versus the apparent lack of security and enforcement uh, when a predominantly white group it almost entirely white group, frankly, uh, of Trump supporters try to enter a U.S. governmental building. The second is anti-Semitism. Um, there's photos going around of men wearing shirts that say one says Camp Auschwitz, another says 6MWE for 6 million wasn't enough, uh, referring to the number of Jews killed in the Holocaust. And as I stated on episode 46 and <laughs> As I I believe is very clear, but it's worth reiterating, I do not support Trump. I do not support any of the right-wing and conservative groups and the hate groups that showed up to the Capitol this week. I do not support the hate and the violence that's been displayed in many ways. That is not what this show is about. There is no space for that kind of hatred here. You know, unfortunately, that is the reality um, of the United States of America, but that's not the kind of community I want to create on uh, starting this podcast. I want the Generation GC fam to be people that love and take care of one another. 
And I wanted to say again that, you know, it, I know everything is really crazy right now and it can be really tough to concentrate on work or school or, or whatever is going on in your life at home. But I really hope that if nothing else, the podcast can be some entertainment to distract you for the next hour or so. You know, that's what it is for me. It, it, among nothing else, it is it is community. And if nothing else, it's something I can do to stay busy when my mind is just rolling. And I feel like everything else in the world is too much. You know, and I say, okay, well, this is something that feels positive for me. And this is something I can do at least for the next couple of hours while I sit down to edit this episode or while I sit down to research the next episode. Finally, Generation GC stickers. The first batch has been sent out. They are all sent out, which is super cool. Um, if you have received stickers already, please take pictures, post them, tag Generation GC pod. I, I, I want to see that y'all are enjoying the stickers. Show me where you're hanging them up. More stickers have been ordered, and there's two ways you can get them. Number one, go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and support the show on there. All of the money that comes in through Anchor, through the supporters, and through the sponsor ads that roll in the beginning of the show, that all goes right back into the show itself. It helps me buy headphones, it helps me buy cords and adapters and laptop stands and stickers and anything that I need to keep the show going. It all goes right back into that. Number two, you can make a charitable donation. Go to blacklivesmatters.card.co. There's a lot of great groups listed there that could use your help, whatever you're comfortable giving. And then you're going to take a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation and send that to me along with your mailing address. You can email generationgcpod at gmail.com or you can send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram, generationgcpod. Thank you all for tuning in to episode 47, The Innocent with John P. Parhamsky. I think y'all are really going to enjoy this episode. So now on to the episode. So The Innocent is technically a track by Goldfinger. So technically this is not a Good Charlotte song, but the song does feature Good Charlotte and Mest. If you go on Genius.com, which I was looking at to, uh, to get the lyrics, it says it's on Goldfinger's album Stomping Ground from the year 2000, but that's not actually the case. So I don't know what's up, Genius. It is included on the Best of Goldfinger from 2005, like their greatest hits release, but everything I can understand, and there really was not a whole lot on this song, but this was a standalone single. When it was released, it was just a single. It was a song. It was a 9-11 World Trade Center tribute that came out pretty fast. And, like, John, I know that we were even messaging about this. Like, before, I was like, I'm working on the notes, and why is there a Punk News article that Girl, it was quick. (laughs) Yeah, so the Punk News article is dated September 20th. So that was announcing the song. So I assume that was... You know, either the day, maybe the day after the song came out. So basically in a little over a week, they got together and did this song. So that's pretty fast. Benji Madden did co-write this, uh, as mentioned in a bio on Goldfinger's website about the album. Setlist.fm entries are a little confusing. And I will say, like, Setlist.fm in general 
pre, like in the early, early 2000s, the setlist.fm entries seem to be just missing a lot, not just for Good Charlotte, but for a lot of artists. Because I think people weren't used to this idea of like logging set lists many moons ago. Um, but setlist.fm does have one record of Good Charlotte playing it live at Power Station in Auckland, October 5th, 2001, and four records of Goldfinger playing it live a couple times in 2001, 2002, 2017. There's also a video on YouTube of Mest and Good Charlotte playing it live on Warp Tour. And I was trying to think, and John, maybe you know this because I don't, because I was trying to think of when that may have happened because I don't believe Good Charlotte and Mest were on Warp Tour the same year. Like, Good Charlotte was on it 2001, 2002, 2004, and then like 2016 and 2018 and the, or 2019, um, the 25th anniversary, and they played a date in 2018. Mest was on 2003, 2005, and like I think some of the more later years, but can you think of like, would that have been 2002 maybe? And like Mest just hopped on a local show or something or. Possibly, you know, and it's really strange because a lot of bands, like whenever Warp Tour comes to town, maybe they're not like on the actual tour, but they will jump they'll come on. and hang out. Yeah, or they'll even and, like come and hang out. Yeah, and then yeah, and they'll be like side stage, like mm-hmm. sitting side stage, and like, oh, that's my homie. Let's jump yeah. on the song. But I don't ever in the history of like me being a fan of Good Charlotte remember like that being a thing like especially on warp tour like i don't remember right like you would i feel like you would have remembered yes, that yes <laughs> girl the start of armageddon honey right. as soon as that 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 comes through baby i'm i'm there <laughs> right so what i've gathered and and i think there are a couple other videos on youtube and there is like a live goldfinger recording but definitely good charlotte and goldfinger have played it it seems like mess has played it live too mm-hmm Good Charlotte has toured with both Mest and Goldfinger. I don't believe that the three of them toured all together at once. No, ma'am. And yeah. I do not think that is, that has ever happened. But, however, Mm-mm. we have 2021. And would that not <laughs> be one of those tours where the Innocent, like all the bands that played on the Innocent were in actual tour in 2021? Hello, Editing Molly coming in here. So this episode was recorded before the Silver Screen Romance episode with Jim Lorino. Jim and I talked about the Young and the Hopeless tour, and he saw that tour in Philadelphia and told me that Mest and Goldfinger both performed at that show. So there you go. Mest, Goldfinger, and Good Charlotte on at least one show together. Well, but here's the thing. is so Goldfinger did do a quarantine video of the innocent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they changed yeah. it up a bit I, I guess i hadn't i haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to goldfinger i didn't realize mike herrera was in goldfinger so i put on this video and i'm like oh they got mxpx yes. on this song instead of good charlotte yeah. <laughs> uh but the new the i think they changed the lyrics up a bit but it's great and mm-hmm. I, I we'll we'll talk more in a bit but definitely I think this song could be applicable to the current year. Yeah, totally. And, and then also, I just have to re-announce, like, they have to tour together. If we have, like, a, a Goldfinger, Good Charlotte, and Mess 
horror, like it would just blow my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would not even it know what be, to do. <laughs> yeah. Uniting the States tour 2021 again. Like I know. I remember you States said that again. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, that'll be cool. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I feel like, so I, I feel like good Charlotte likes to take younger bands on tour. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. some of the newer MDDN artists, but special guest water parks. I mean, Right. Throw them, throw them, right. throw them on the back burner. You right, know? <laughs> right, right. But John, I want to help our listeners get to know you. Yeah. So first question I always like to ask our guests is mm-hmm. when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them? Oh my God, Miss Molly. <laughs> Good golly, Miss Molly. So uh, I first heard Good Charlotte from uh, one of my closest high school friends, Tara. Um, she was a professional at like burning mix CDs and, uh, she was just always burning CDs for our closest friends. And, you know, I was in that little pop punk group of friends and, you know, she would always burn CDs, but, um, I grew up, um, as a product of a, a single parent household. It was only just me and my mom ever growing up in my life and, uh, going into high school, it was a brand new high school. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what I was doing. What, who was, who am I going to be friends with? And then I finally found like this, this tight knit group uh, of four or five people and they were all into pop punk. They loved newfound glory. They loved blink 182. They loved. So had you known pop punk like before meeting those kids or was it kind of like, these are. Well, the only pop punk that I knew was like Blink-182 and Green Day. It was like, yeah. Which they came up a little earlier than GC. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, it was just so confusing, you know, being a freshman in high school and not knowing anyone and going to a brand new high school and just meeting this core group of friends that I could really click with pun intended the click yeah exactly (laughs) and that's actually i think the song that she burned onto the cd that i knew amazing was like the click and like she burned it onto the cd and i was like listening to the lyrics and listening to the boys sing and i was like oh my god i really love this band and she would always wear all the merchandise you know she always had you know a good charlotte t-shirt on or had like you know remember the little old english pin that's oh yeah, Charlotte with the old English. Oh yeah, font. I mean, she had them everywhere, you know. And I was like, "Oh my God, who is Good Charlotte?" And so I finally talked to her about, you know, the band, and she was like, "No, they are the truth for sure." And we started <laughs> like talking about our childhood, you know, and about like growing up with a broken family or you know not having a like male, you know, role model in our life or whatever, and uh. I just fell in love with their, their image. You know, it was like to find a band that understands like what it is that you're going through, you know? And as soon as I bought self-titled, I mean, it was signed, sealed, delivered girl. It was fucking <laughs> UPS. Pardon my French. Oh, I can't cuss on this. Can oh, I? you can. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't I go on the radio. Right. <laughs> I just, I am not sure what's censored or not, but, uh, yeah, no, sign, seal, deliver, girl, UPS, I mean, delivered.com, house down, um, to have a band that, like, actually understands what it's like to, like, grow up without a dad and to, um, experience the, the terrible poverty that 
you know, includes that, you know, it's, it's wild. And when I discovered them, I was just like, wow, like, this is not Blink-182. This is not Green Day. This is not Sublime. This is not all of the stuff that I had been listening to before. This is something new. And this is something relevant to my life. And then as soon as... That's what makes them stand out probably, right? Is that it it felt relevant to your life. Yeah. I mean, applicable. I mean, it was like someone took a highlighter and just highlighted (laughs) like my whole brain. It was just like, yes, this is the band that gets it, you know, like growing out with growing up without a dad and like, they just sing about it. And it's like so great. And I was just like, oh yeah, no, yep. mm -hmm, Yep. (laughs) It's, it's done. (laughs) They have my, my debit card. They have my key, (laughs) my social security number, whatever they need. yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So I like to ask people if they've ever seen Good Starlet live. Oh, girl. Although I know that you have seen them live. <laughs> so could you tell our listeners, I guess, two-part question, how many times you've seen them live and like the most, the most memorable Good Charlotte show for you? Totally. Oh, my God. Um, it's not embarrassing. I, there's no shame in the no, game. Oh, my God. 88 times it's amazing (laughs) uh you know when you when you catch the bug you catch the bug i mean when you get the gc bug it it just itches at your brain and you just want to go to that show over and over and over and relive it and relive it um you know the guys have always put on that show that you need and it's mm-hmm. like you need more you need more you need yeah. more it's like, <laughs> oh yeah it's an addiction it's really bad but it good at the same time but uh yeah 88 times uh yeah my my last time I saw him was here in St. Louis at the pageant um and it is just as golden as the first time that I saw him at the galaxy back in 2001 it they don't lose their magic and, and that's so weird for a band to like not lose that spark. Yeah. They put on the same show that they put on fucking 20 years ago. You know, they just put it out and they serve and they deliver and it's just like you go and you see it and it's just like art on stage. I mean, it's not even a band playing music. It's just like it's something I can't explain like the feeling yeah. that you get like when you're at a good Charlotte show is just like it just consumes you, you know, and it's just like, oh God, this is, it's, it is what it is, you know, yeah. you can't, you don't really have any words for it, but um, you said, so uh, I guess my favorite memories of seeing them live. Yeah. Or the most memorable show. Oh girl. <laughs> I know you got to pick one. I know. I know. Or just like um, pick one that stands out. I'm sure there's, you know, yeah. so many. They're always um, I have one that definitely stands out. Um, it was, uh, oh God, what was it? Hold on. It was in Chicago. I, hold on. You know how you have to like Google your brain? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it was Chronicles. It was Chronicles. Uh, it was that tour. And it was in Chicago. And I remember we were waiting outside of the venue and waiting to get inside. And like Chicago, good Charlotte fans. Like if there's any listeners that like are from Chicago, y'all are a different breed. I'm <laughs> just saying. I mean, they've, they are very militant on their good Charlotte, right? So I'm like little young kid, you know, 
up in Chicago, like trying to get into the show. Oh man. Um, girl, it was a stampede. You know, you get into the show and I was there with like four or five friends and, and then a few people also from Chicago that I had met like online and we all met up and we were like, Oh, we're going to like stick together. We're going to be on the barricade. It's going to be a whole thing. Girl, them doors open. Them Chicago fans don't give a fuck. They will run oh, in, God. push over everybody. <laughs> they don't care. It was stampede madness. Right. And I'm oh, like God. trying to be innocent. Oh, pun intended. But you know, right. I'm like, Oh, I'm not trying to like push anyone or, you know, anything like that. But I lost everybody. I lost all my friends. I was by myself. And so, you know, and it was, it was the, it was Lola Ray and Hazen Street and uh, Good Charlotte. And I was like, I don't even care. I lost my friends as as long as I can see my Lola Ray and my Hazen Street. I'm good. You know, I've seen Good Charlotte many times. You know, if I lost my friends, it's fine. But we run into the crowd and I'm like trying to get in, you know, Lola Ray plays. I'm like, you know, trying to do the tippy toes and yeah, like look yeah. over. Like I'm five four, like, so I get it. Yes, <laughs> five seven here, girl. Yeah. Unite! Like we need to get some recognition for short people, but. <laughs> right. But I'm on my tippy toes, like looking for my friends. Can't find anybody. Then Hazen Street goes on, and then you know all hell breaks loose. You know because it's Hazen Street, and um still can't find them. And then finally good Charlotte goes on and it's like the ominous music and it's like, yeah. And the fog machines. And then the, the, you know, they have the, uh, the, uh, what is it called? Where people are buried. The, the, the cemetery. Yeah. Well, the, the gravestones, gravestones, yes, the, gravestones yes, yeah. the headstones. And they're like all over the stage and the gargoyles or gargoyles. I call them gargoyles, but anyway, so, <laughs> I'm like looking everywhere for friends and then they just blast into, you know, whatever song they were doing and everybody just shoves forward towards the stage. And I'm like in the middle of the pit. I'm so used to being on the barricade, but I'm not used to being in the middle of the pit. The barricade is like, I mean, it's like you're, you can still get shoved, but like it's a little, it feels a little safer than being in the middle. Yeah, totally. Girl, it was like uh, a blender. I was like tossed around and like, you know, with Good Charlotte shows, like I 99% of the time I'm going to be on the barricade, you know, like that's just how you think, you know, but yeah, girl, I lost all my friends and then I uh, got stuck, but luckily, so this is to wrap up the story. I'm sorry I get long winded, but I got stuck with this couple and it was this guy and this girl, they had their hand hands around each other and they were like holding on for dear life. Just, and they looked at me, I looked at them and the crowd kept on like shoving me into them. And I kept on saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they were like laughing. They were like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like it's whatever. And then I guess I got in front of this kid, right? He must have been like 12 or 13. He was right in back of me. He decked oh, me in the back of my head and my glasses oh, went no. flying. Glasses went flying into the pit. And I'm that like, That was always a fear of mine. Girl, every show, you know, but I always like made sure like I bent the back of my, <laughs> my, my arms of my glasses yep, to like yep. cradle my ears. But. 
girl, this boy just decked me in the back of the head. I guess he was mad I got in front of him, but honey, we're at a punk rock show. I'm, I don't know. What, I'm not right, like, what are you expecting? Right. But this couple that I, I kept on apologizing to, they saw that happen. The, the girl, which I love, she jumped and she pushed the guy away from me or the, the teen or whatever away from me. And then the guy like embraced me. And then she came back and they made like a little circle around me because they saw I didn't have my glasses. And they like grabbed arms and I had like this little circle around me, like the circle of love. Amazing. Like, oh. And they were like pushing people off. He has to find his glasses. He has to find his glasses. Aww. And so I'm down on my hands and knees in the middle of the fucking good Charlotte mosh pit. And they're like, find your glasses. I felt like, what's her name from Scooby-Doo? Uh, Jinkies. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's her name? Thelma. Thelma, I yeah. I, I can't I, find my glasses, you know, and I felt like her. But that's what I love. And that's my favorite memory of, of a good Charlotte show is that the unity is right. always yeah. there. And the boys always preach that, like, take care of each other. If someone's suffering, yeah. someone falls down, or someone jinkies loses their glasses, yes. you know, you form a circle and you take care of that person. And I ended up finding my glasses and Amazing. not one, not one scratch, not Amazing. one bend. It was just like they never even fell off my face you know yeah. like it was perfect but Amazing. anyway that was a long-winded response i'm sorry yeah no that's a great <laughs> story though i love that and it just shows that yeah like at a concert stuff happens your glasses you might care of each fall other. off your face but yeah you wow. take care of each other uh so we had a fun connection on twitter through fearless records uh I had been on their street team for a bit and I helped out mm -hmm. for them at Warped Tour. You mm -hmm. had actually toured with Fearless for I Warped did. Tour, toured yes. with Alisana, Artist vs. Mm -hmm. Poet. So mm -hmm. what what made you want to tour and do merch for bands and record labels? So it, I blame Good Charlotte, honestly. <laughs> it's their fault. Wow, shocking. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> I did not foresee that answer at all. <laughs> you know it, it, you know you just see this live music so much and you, you're just so consumed with you know the happiness and the joy that it brings to you and yeah. um i uh first discovered fearless uh because i was obsessed with the band sugar cult oh yeah oh girl i'm bouncing off the balls mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Oh God, love those boys. Uh, you know, great band. Saw them several times live, and I was just like, I love this band. So you know, it, it, early two thousands. You know, you get online and you go on the band's website, and they have message boards. You know, and yeah. so I joined the uh, Sugar Cult message board and completely fell in love with the band. And they were like very, uh, how do you say, where you. Partici they they participated a lot mm -hmm. in the discussions of the threads. Um, you know, we would, you know, just start like a bullshit thread and like just talk shit. And then, you know, the band members would just jump in and like talk shit as well. Amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like Amazing. great. You know, I mean, Good Charlotte back in the day, they used to do that. But, you know, at that time, I knew Good Charlotte good charlotte's band members were like falling off of their message where they weren't really yeah. communicating but then you discovered sugar cult and it's like oh my god 
but I will never I'm gonna forget have to put day. a sugar cult song on the playlist That's girl yes think. girl yes oh my god uh oh god I have so many <laughs> like oh <laughs> uh, crying what's the one crying crying oh my god <laughs> don't we're gonna have to edit that yeah. one out like, yeah my singing voice is terrible but <laughs> actually keep it in I don't care okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, discovering Sugar Cult. And then someone posted on the Sugar Cult message board that uh, Fearless Records was looking for an ambassador oh. uh, from St. Louis. Like they needed more, I guess, footwork, you know, to work shows, yeah. you know, for example, like handing out the CDs and the mm-hmm. stickers and things like that outside of shows. And I was like, shit, that's my gig for sure. You know, uh, yeah. You know, growing up and and going to shows and like seeing those people like standing outside and and doing that, I was like, "How do I get a gig? Like, right? how are you doing? What you doing?" But then it it just kind of fell in my lap. Honestly, I just started doing street teaming for Fearless, and I was just it, it, lack of better words, fearless on it. Like, yeah. I just I mean, went you have hand. to be, you know. I went ham. I was like at every show handing out fearless stuff. I mean, they would send me through postal service. They would send me all of Mm -hmm. the the boxes of the promotional material, go to the record stores and, you know, go to this show, go to that show, do what you need to do. And I'm like, okay, well, honey, I'm going to get it done. And I ended up I guess making an impression, uh, you know, cause I would go to record stores and I would like sit down and like make a display. Like I would, love that. Yeah. I would like, they would give me, they would give me uh, CDs and posters. Like for example, lack of a better words, I guess uh, we'll say sugar cult lights out like yeah. great album. Right. They would send me uh, promo material for Lights Out, and I would like create this like three D display at Vintage Vinyl, which is like one of our record stores. RIP, it's no longer. We have a Vintage honestly. Vinyl in New Jersey. Yes, come through. I don't know if it's like related, but yeah, I love that. God, Vintage Vintage Vinyl Unite. <laughs> and I have no idea if it's like related at all, but there's a store oh, called Vintage well, Vinyl Unite anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about it. But yeah, no, I would I put up these elaborate displays, and then um, you know I did that consistently, record after record after record. I mean, so they say. Who is also from St. Louis? I mean, Sugar Cult. Um, all these bands, you know, and I would just do these crazy displays. Portugal, the man. You remember them? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I would just do these crazy displays. And I guess I made an impression with Fearless. And I was uh, lucky enough to get a phone call from Bridget with Fearless. And she was like, have you ever toured before? (laughs) I said, oh, with just local bands mostly. She was like, we feel like you are like part of our culture would you ever be interested in like doing a warp tour? Yes. And I'm like, uh, duh. <laughs> like I like put my hair between my, my fingers and tucked it between my ear. And I was like, yes, girl, yes, yeah. let's do it. You know? And, uh, yeah, it was just a domino effect after that. It, it, it fearless is one of those labels that you just cannot go wrong with. I yeah. mean, the bands that they sign, 
the message that they put out there, I mean, you just cannot go wrong with Fearless. And they live by their words, you know. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. I think, did I answer that question right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> did. So last question before we dive into the innocent. So Thanks. you currently are a technical analyst. You studied web design. I mean, yes. look, for honestly, I would say most people who – have some experience touring it is not like a lifelong career but Mm -hmm. what made you choose like your current path in particular oh god homesick i yeah (laughs) being on the road and um you know i'm just so grateful for all the opportunities i was ever given with bands or record labels you know just being on the road and touring and uh you know, meeting so many incredible people and doing so many incredible things, but I got homesick. I, uh, I miss my mom. (laughs) I miss my friends. I miss my family. Um, and also I just, in the back of my head, I said, well, touring, I can't do this until I retire. I have to like get back to my roots and like follow like what it is that I love. Although I did love touring. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many memories I have. Oh, yeah. It's, it, I would do it today. I mean, if Miss Quarantina was not right. a thing, you know. But, uh, yeah, it just, I just, I miss the city. I miss my family. I miss my friends. And uh, I just wanted to go back to school and get back to my roots and follow what it is that I truly love, which is computers basically for lack of a better word yeah. i mean i don't care what it is <laughs> you just put me in front of a computer i'm just gonna find a problem you know? i mean that's great because <laughs> i i have to like you know update wordpress and i'm like getting a migraine oh, because i'm so stressed WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> and their technical support i mean i'm not talking shit on them but yeah. it's lackluster yeah so let's let's dive into the innocent So, you know, knowing you, John, just from how I've known you over social media for a little bit, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of Good Charlotte or Good Charlotte related tracks you could talk about, but why did you want to talk about The Innocent in particular? Okay, so uh, The Innocent has been one of those songs where it's not like on any Good Charlotte album, Mm -hmm. and it's not technically a good Charlotte song. Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> right. So it's like not on any of their albums, but it was always one of those songs that like stuck with me, you know, ever since it was released, it just stuck with me. And it was just like one of those songs that you could just hear and then you just feel it because yeah. it brought you back to uh, what it was that you were experiencing on that day. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the events, that happened on September 11th happened and, you know, we were all like confused. I mean, it doesn't matter who you were. I mean, your gender, your race, Mm -hmm. your, your creed, whatever it was, it was everyone's experience and we all experienced it. And, um, hearing the innocent until today, even, I mean, it just rings true. It's just like bringing back all of those old, ugly, sad memories and also a memory of hope and and love you know that you know the bands that you you know and love just came together and they just like formed this like super group you know yeah. 
and they just put this shit out and they were like, whatever, here it is, you know? And it's just like, how did you do that? You know, but, um, I, I maybe they were just all in LA at the same time right? kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, because at the, they couldn't zoom. You know? Right. Right. This was before so, that existed. It was insane. You know, to just even hear that message of love, even back then to have all of these bands just come together and just unite and just, create this art that you just don't understand what's going on but the all these bands that you love just create kind of a, a sense of understanding and you know they're speaking like what I felt with the innocent was like all three bands were like screaming at their fans like it's going to be okay we're all in this together everything's yeah. going to be okay and uh the reason i wanted to talk to you about this song was because i'm feeling very much that part right now mm -hmm. you know during covid and like so i was just like oh i gotta talk to molly girl yeah like, she, she she gonna she gonna bring some sense into this you know yeah so in whatever way you're comfortable mm -hmm. sharing, you know, you don't have to share anything. You're not, you know, open to sharing, but in whatever way you're comfortable sharing, like what's your memory of that day, like of nine 11. Oh God, nine 11. Um, that morning was wild. Um, God, what a roller coaster. Um, I'm trying to think back. So I was, I think a sophomore in high school and this is, it, it, I say funny, but it's like morbidly funny in, in my sense. Um, I was in uh, art, art class. It was like my drawing class or whatever. And so I got out of English, went to art class, and uh, I had a teacher that was like very anti-technology. Like he oh hated boy. the television. Do you remember? And this was before smartphones were even a thing. Girl, yes. And like the school was like kind of ahead of its time because I don't know if you had this, but it was called Channel One, where it was like the channel that came on the TV every morning at 9 a.m. in your school. Mm, no, I don't think we had that. The TV just turned on and it was called Channel One. I got to Google this girl because this, I, I am like, I feel like I'm having a fever dream, but uh, channel one came on and it, yeah, it was a channel one news, daily news for kids, students, and teachers. So that channel one came on our TV and it was like, usually like we're used to like, Oh, today in today's news, but my teacher hated that thing like it he hated the tv he would always turn it off when channel one came on and um i remember channel one coming on and immediately it was like something about september 11th but we didn't know what was going on it was just an image of a burning building oh, and immediately my teacher went off or went on and like turned the TV off. Like he always turned it off. Like I was like, Oh, it's probably a documentary. Like I saw it was the world trade center on fire. I thought it was like back when remember like in 93 or 95 when 
somebody like drove a bomb into the the garage or something. I was thinking like it was a documentary or like they're like going over that. I was like, okay, whatever. And so we all just, you know, played it off. It was what it was. Like we didn't think. So like we're halfway through the, the drawing class and I, it was like, the class was like perspective. So we had to like draw this apple. Like, it's, like, it's so silly, Molly. I'd like remember this till the day I die. Like remember like drawing this apple and I remember having to go to the bathroom. So I, Mr. Perry, can I go to the bathroom? He said, yeah, that's fine. So I remember leaving the classroom and the way our classroom was set up is it was connected to another classroom um, with the advanced art class you know and so I had to like go through the advanced class to like get down to the bathroom and they were all like swarmed around the tv and I remember like as I was going to the bathroom like glancing at their tv there was eight students right in in that class and they were all swarmed around the tv and I I saw the same image of this burning world trade center I'm like what the fuck is going on why is everybody watching a documentary about the the bombing back oh, in God. the day you know like right not realizing like, no i don't know what that is you know and so i go to the bathroom and then i come back upstairs it and go back into the classroom to get to my classroom it had multiplied oh my god there were probably 30 people in that classroom swarmed around the tv And so I'm like, what is everybody watching this documentary? Like, Mm. so I kind of like weasel my way in. I'm like, what y'all watching? They're like, the country is under attack. I said, what do you mean? No, they're flying planes into the building, girl. I'm like, uh, what? And then you just see. And then I saw. And I'll never forget. The second plane fly into the second tower live live on tv and i'm like oh shit this is some real shit yeah so i go back into my classroom and i'm like y'all like we need to be watching this stuff over in uh mr i forget his name's class like mr perry doesn't matter anymore at this point i'm like we need to be watching this our country's under attack my teacher got so mad at me everybody's like what i was like yeah they're flying planes into buildings and stuff and my teacher got so mad at me he uh wrote me up and i got like i had to go down to the vice principal's office on september 11th because i instigated something in my class like everybody left my class so it was like i said that and then slowly my friends started getting up and then my friends friends started getting up and then people i didn't know because it was a class of like 10 or 15 everybody started going over to that classroom because we were connected and we all started watching it Oh my God, Mr. Perry, when I say he was so mad at me for exposing September yeah, 11th to the class. Like, but yeah, that is my experience with September 11th. But it, the funny thing is, though, I went down to the vice principal's office and he laughed. He was like, this is the silliest write-up I've ever right. seen. He said, right. this is the most serious day of our lives right now. Like... He wanted to send me to in-school suspension for three days. My vice principal, like, gave me a piece of chocolate and was like, (laughs) move along. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh my God. What was your experience? I know you were pretty young. Yeah. So I was in fifth grade and Mm -hmm. I also grew up in North Jersey. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that I grew up in a town where like a lot of kids parents worked in New York. Neither of my parents worked in New York at that time. Um, Mm -hmm. My dad had been working from home for a bit at that point. I'm not sure how long, but my mom was working, you know, elsewhere in North Jersey at that point. But when I was little, my dad worked in the towers when I was like little, little, but it had been like several, several years by that point. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was in fifth grade and they did not tell us anything at school probably because like it was elementary school and like many of our parents worked in the city and like literally some of some kids had parents who worked in the towers. Right. Uh, So I didn't find out until after school, like I come back from gym class and there's a note on my desk. That's like, Molly, your dad left a message with the office. He's going to pick you up from school and Hebrew schools canceled today. So he picks us up and, tells us um and we definitely talked about it the next day uh at school and my town did get lucky in the sense that the the train line the Raritan Valley line that went through my town was like late that day like one of the trains that a lot of people would have been on was late that day um unfortunately you know several people from my hometown uh passed away that day you know still but yeah it was like i knew what was going on and you know that night at dinner i remember like watching the news with my parents but i think it wasn't until you know unfortunately seeing a lot of like anti middle eastern sentiments start to come out and all the stuff about the war that i think it like really hit me like the impact but yeah that like yeah. it it was like close to home but not and i was definitely like young but yeah it, it's definitely not something you ever forget yeah oh god how could you you know yeah you, you can't i mean it, it's yeah you know i was physically closer to the city but like it it's such a significant event like in so many ways you know there's no words you know yeah it i I mean and i think that's why you know people wanted to write songs and make art about it i mean that's my chemical romance essentially started like after 9-11 like gerard way was doing like art like visual art uh 9-11 happened and he you know change to music yeah but i want to talk about the innocent and i mean you know we know this song is a 9-11 tribute but i guess i guess i want to know like in your in your words in your mind what's what's it about like how is talking about 9-11 like what are they trying to say what what i feel about the innocent is that it was like a call to unity you know um we I guess, like, with the rock scene, you know, you have ska bands and you have, you know, metal bands, you have, like, all this or whatever. But, like, when The Innocent came out, it was just like, fuck it all. You know, like, who cares? Let's just get together. Let's make a song. 
let's just be together, you know, and observe this moment of mourning and moment of, of sadness and sorrow, but also like an explosion of hope, you know, um, I feel like with the innocent, um, you know, the country, as you stated, you know, was very divided when September 11th happened and it was very, it was very anti-Muslim. It was very anti anyone who didn't look like white, you know, and, and just to blame all the problems on like all the non-white people, um, it was a call to arms to just be united and let's be together. Let's take care of each other. This is what, what we're here for. Um, and, you know, Molly, if I'm speaking honestly, I don't know how I would have navigated 9-11 without Good Charlotte. Yeah. Um, it was a very confusing and, and weird time for everybody. And, to have a band that I can actually like listen to. And then, you know, all due respect, also Mest and um, Goldfinger, um, just to have a, a message of hope, a message of yeah. unity, you know, that we can all come together. We can be one. We're all fucking lost. We're all confused. We don't know what's going on, you know, and it, that's how I interpreted the song when I first heard it, you know. Yeah. I think I'm sorry for using the F bomb so many. No, times. you can use it. I oh mean, God. I like like this show. It doesn't air on you know commercial radio or anything, so <laughs> cursing okay. is fine. And okay. you know, I, I mark I mark it as explicit, so okay. you're fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think like obviously this song, and we'll have a conversation in a little bit about how it applies today. But totally, I I feel like in terms of 9/11, you know it's like you turn on the news and you're just frustrated and confused and feeling helpless at all the tragedy and like realizing just how much hate is around you. Like I being Jewish, you know, sadly nine 11 spurred a lot of anti-Muslim hate from Jews and, and not that there wasn't any of that before. And there definitely has been, I, I would say, you know, obviously there's lots of tension between Jews and Muslims and, and that's gone back and forth in both directions. But there, there was like, you notice a lot of it come up after uh, 9-11. Um, and I think this song is just about like how many innocent victims there are. Like it's not people who are like, I'm going to go to war for my country and put my life on the line. It's like literally innocent people. It's people who just wanted to go to work today to provide for their family. Yeah. You know, like I knew someone, a, a friend of my brother's dad, like was trying to carry an old lady, like a lady in a wheelchair down the stairs and died. Yeah. So I think, I think you're right that the song is a call to unity. I think my initial interpretation of it was a little on the like darker side of the seeing like the more frustration, but yeah. I think that's both true. And I think it's like, maybe it's a call to unity of sorts that, comes out of the frustration that we all oh, feel. Oh, girl, the frustration is still here. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. When you listen to The Innocent, even in 2020, honey, we are still frustrated, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk a little about, I mean, how it 
applies today. I think this was mm-hmm. a great choice for Goldfinger to do for a quarantine video. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know how people are in St. Louis, but I, I will say like, since I've been, I mean, it's been less than a week that I've been in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, very, very hard to really compare, but compared to, you know, my, grocery store in New Jersey um, versus the grocery store I went to in Philly yesterday. You know, I feel like, I feel like in Philly people have been better about wearing masks and like Mm -hmm. I went to a co-op the other day and people like waited in line patiently to get in and it was not a big deal, you know, (laughs) but it's still like so often people just don't, sometimes people just don't pay attention to restrictions and it's just like it's literally, so easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I have a couple like cool fashionable masks, and mm-hmm. I was just I did resist it for a bit at the beginning. I'll admit, like I would I would wear bandanas at first mm-hmm. for probably a while, but then I was like, all right, this is going on a this is going to go on for a while. So let me get like some cool looking masks. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look glamorous while right. uh, taking care of our fellow man. Like, right. can we not? <laughs> right. It's, it's like. Put some glitter on the mask, girl. I like, literally just... have a sequ- I have a sequin mask and a matching sequin scrunchie. Yes. That is my girl. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to send you a picture. Um, Please do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like the song applies today in its own ways. Yum. Like. Totes definitely so many people that just went to a grocery store or in some case you know yes sometimes people get sick because they have been reckless but Mm -hmm. not everyone who got sick was reckless you know maybe they went to the grocery store maybe their sister who lives with them was going out and being responsible maybe you know you you never know it's like you can do all these things are prevented, but nothing is 100%. And you could have gloves on and a mask yeah. and use hand sanitizer and go to the grocery store and some little dirty bird decides to walk past you and like, yeah. cough. you know, I mean, yeah. that's how it happens, you know? Yeah, literally. I mean. And it's tragic, but this is our country. This is what we're dealing with right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a big life shift and it's like it is an ongoing trauma. You know, yeah. and I feel like people, it's like the ongoing, it's a lot mentally. And I feel like we have to acknowledge that. Like, number one, the ongoing trauma of like a deadly infectious illness. Mm-hmm. And number two, the trauma of staying inside, which like, even if, you know, you either live in like a very healthy, happy household or you, you know, live alone, like, is hard you know and and plus totally. people losing jobs like we yeah. have to acknowledge like how traumatic it all and also is. like our people that are our friends who are single who have lost their jobs and like yeah. dealing with mental illness like or depression you know it's 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 like, i don't have any words molly like it, yeah. it's incredible I, I, it's it, it, there are no words you know yeah it's it's a lot, but I think I, I really I can't trust enough how great I think it was like Goldfinger did this in their quarantine videos because totally you know sadly there have been so many innocent uh, 
victims. Um, yeah, over 250,000. That's insane. Insane. Um, on a lighter note, Yes. I, I want to talk about the connection between Good Charlotte and Goldfinger, specifically John Feldman. Oh, and I Uncle had to, Feldy. <laughs> so I had so much fun putting this together because there's so much to talk about with Feld- Feldman. Oh. So, John, you haven't heard this episode yet, but on episode 39 of the show, I was joined by Maria Sherman to talk about makeshift love. And she she shared in one of her articles about Good Charlotte, she had shared a story of at their reunion show at the Troubadour, John Feldman crowd surfed during makeshift love. Stop it. And <laughs> that he first met the twins when the when Goldfinger was playing at the 930 Club in DC. Benji crowd surfed the stage, <laughs> stole the microphone, and screamed, Good Charlotte! And then, like, approached John Feldman so after bendy. the show. And, you know, it worked out because his band was good. And clearly they have such a great connection. But, like, that's the kind of thing that you could have screwed yourself over so bad. But if you do it right, like, it's awesome. So, so John Feldman, good Charlotte, they go way back. Um, we're just going to go through all of these uh, times he's worked with good Charlotte. Yes. So he helped write the anthem. And here's what he said to Louder Sound. So he said, Good Charlotte loved Goldfinger and wanted to work with me early on, but they'd already hooked up with Eric Valentine and Don Gilmore, so I knew I wasn't going to end up producing them. But we ended up writing the anthem together, and that whole friendship really came from a place of, like, how can I help these guys? No one has a crystal ball, and you can only see how your life has worked by connecting the dots and looking backwards. And he says that as they blew up and became this massive phenomenon, we stayed really good friends, and Goldfinger opened up for Good Charlotte a bunch of times. Amazing. Amazing. It warms my heart. It does. (laughs) Could you imagine, like, being, like, a young kid and, like, looking up to this band, and then, like, this band, like, wants to work with you, or, like, the lead singer, at least, like, wants to work with you? I would not know what to do, you know? Yeah. John Feldman approaches Charlotte and says, hey, let's let's do some shit. I'm like, oh, my God, you know? Uh, Yes. That's wild. Yeah. (laughs) So Feldman also helped co-write a few tracks on Chronicles. I Just Want to Live the Truth, and It Wasn't Enough. He also tracked... Wasn't enough. Sorry, I had to... Such a good song. (laughs) Um, and he tracked guitars, additional guitars on I Just Want to Live. Yes. Something that I did not learn until recently was that he was the one that introduced Good Charlotte to Dean Butterworth, their drummer of like 15 years now. Um, Girl, you like you sent me these notes like before we did the yeah. podcast and I like had to tell my boyfriend. I was like, did you know actually like <laughs> did you know? this happened? You know? Did so so what's the boyfriend's response? Is is your was your boyfriend like, oh cool? Or was he, he like was, oh no my he God. was goofed and gagged. Like he was yeah. like ooped and gagged. Oh, good, uh, good. So uh, Dean Butterworth, he did drums for Morrissey, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Girl. So my dad, like my dad like knew who Dean Butterworth was when Dean Butterworth joined Good Charlotte. <laughs> 
he was, I was like, yeah, I could travel as a new drummer. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, Dean Farnworth. I know him. I'm like, oh, okay. I got perfect. Is Charlotte still cool? I don't know if my dad knows who this drummer is. So Billy did an interview with Ultimate Guitar where he oh, talked about Billy. it. We love Billy. We stand Billy. Yeah. So Billy says, we came across Dean because we're friends with John Feldman. Who knew him? John kept saying if we ever needed a drummer to give him a call. And all of a sudden we did. As everybody knows, we had a lot of drummer problems, so it hasn't been easy for us. When Dean come in, he took this, all the stress off us. Having someone we knew come in and do it without questioning us was a godsend. We've had drummers before where we've gone into the studio and they've started whining about the drums or whatever, and that is the last thing you really want to hear. And Dean's been their drummer for, you know, a long time now, which is fantastic. Yeah. God bless Dean. Yeah. <laughs> it, it must have been a great feeling for them to, like, finally connect with Dean and be like, all right, this guy's going to stick around for a while. I mean, and also like you have to think in retrospect, like how much Joel loves Morrissey and like, yeah. mm-hmm. you have Morrissey's drummer. Like, oh my God. That must be like the even, coolest like, wrap thing. Wrap your brain around. Like I could like, not. <laughs> Morrissey's drummer plays in my band. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> oh, so, blessings. John Feldman also helped write on cardiology he helped write music for Counting the Days and Standing Ovation and lyrics for Standing Ovation. He also produced their 2016 comeback album, Youth Authority, the first time Feldman produced a GC album. Yes. Um, Joel told HMB.com that they've always wanted to make a record with John. We've written songs with him before, but not a full record. He's a very hardworking guy, very obsessive, and he expects a lot of the people he works with. It's definitely not a vacation. We've been a band for 20 years, and we're all good players, but John still pushed us really hard. He's a producer who puts you through it, and you grow from that. Um, He helped co-write on the album, and he was featured in the Makeshift Love video. And Alt Press also gave a shout-out to his production in their review. He says that while Youth Authority likely won't catapult Good Charlotte to the same heights as Blink-182's Feldman-produced Chart Top and Comeback, he's helped the Maddens channel the emotional half that's always been at the core of their music. Come through. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Like, so yeah. they go way back. I I mean, who, it, it's hard to say what the future of anything looks like right now, but I totally. would not be surprised if they – you know, work with Feldman again in the future. Um, totally. Or tour. I mean, yeah. Molly, I'm just saying, like a, a good Charlotte and Goldfinger tour. You know, yeah. like I That'd just, cool. oh God, I am just really pushing for that. But <laughs> I do want to also give a shout out to Mest, uh, who yes. Tony Lovato yes. is on this song. Oh. I think he's like at the end. I don't think he's featured very prominently, really. Yeah, no, um, not at all. But Good Charlotte and Mest also go way back. Benji, at late, later after this song, was featured on the song Jaded on Mest's 2003 self-titled album. They, at the time, they were close friends. I don't know how close they have remained. But, yeah, there was definitely a lot of history there. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about Mest. But, you know, with this episode being that this is a Goldfinger song, I wanted this, uh, this conversation to be more about Feldman. So, yeah, so Goldfinger, Good Charlotte, and Mast. I mean, it's a very early 2000s uh, combination. I mean, great, great lineup. Um, 
do you have any like specific memories you want to share about this song? God, uh, with the innocent, um, God, uh, you know, with this specific song, it gave me a lot of, um, solace and closure, Mm -hmm. uh, about like what happened on that fateful day, but also, you know, being old, (laughs) I'll say old, uh, you know, like being so thirsty for the song and to find some kind of like closure or something that is going to help me with coping with September 11th. I was on the good Charlotte message board <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. And I, uh, I saw a thread and I clicked on it and it was a link to the song and I was like well I'm clicking on this link and I yeah. downloaded the song this would have been like before iTunes was widespread it was definitely yes. before Spotify so it was like thumb drives girl yeah. Yeah. we didn't have thumb drives back then I'm like aging myself like but yeah it was like oh my god like I have to have this song in my life like I need to find some kind of solace or understanding like through this very difficult moment uh, you know, that our nation is going through. And then you have like three of your favorite bands, like coming together, making a song, like recording it. Like, and the funny thing is Molly that, you know, bands, even this till this day, like they can't even do that. Like, and good Charlotte and Goldfinger and mess did it. Like they just put out a song. Like, it was like a kiki moment, right? And so I was like, whatever, I'm going to download this song. But I knew, like, I had my AOL dial-up, got to put on my floppy disk and <laughs> download the song because the school had better internet than I did. So I ended up downloading the song onto a 3.5 floppy disk. Oh, my God. <laughs> bringing it home and putting it on my computer and then – the rest is history. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, so I, I, I found this song through my like digging of the internet, you know, probably like mm-hmm. 2004, 2005 when I had like been a good Charlotte fan for a few years. Yeah. And then was reaching the point where I was like, well, I need to know everything about them. <laughs> um, and I found, you know, I found this song. So I unfortunately was not, you know, listening to them when this song came out, when 9-11 happened. But Totes. um I love it. That's such a great memory with the floppy <laughs> disk. Uh let's read some feedback and responses. Oh my to this god, song. here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um Punktastic in their review of the best of Goldfinger album called it Corny. Mm. He they say there are too many new songs on here, though, and for someone who thinks their older efforts far outweigh their newer ones. By the way, that is, like, such a cliched and stodgy take that I'm sick of with that people have, like, so many bands. Dot com. Um, right. As a bonus, we get the innocent, the corny post-9-11 tribute in quotation marks with Good Charlotte and Mest, but I'd much rather have seen some more older songs. The lack of answers or Chris Caton is pretty criminal. Um, I mean, okay. I, I I don't feel like I'm enough of a Goldfinger fan to like comment on what songs they did or didn't include, but 
when they talk about Chris Caden, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, I cannot laugh harder. Like, Chris Caden. Chris Caden. Are you talking about that? Like, as opposed to, like, an actual, like, tribute to 9-11? Like, Chris Caden? Right. Okay, goodbye. Like, anyway, he's dismissed. Move on. <laughs> but it's also, like, that's what, like, I like when Best of Albums have, like, not just the stereotypical, like, no, hits, but yeah. the deeper cuts, the standalone yeah. songs that might not have had, like, a release release before. He's just mad because Good Charlotte was on it. Probably. <laughs> um, He's mad at Benji, let's just yeah. be honest. <laughs> so, this song has been included on a few, you know, lists of songs about 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, KTT2.com, it was on Wikipedia's official list. I'm sure it's on others as well. Mm-hmm. So, we talked about Goldfinger's quarantine video yes i want to read some comments on goldfinger's quarantine video just because there's a lot of you know (laughs) i mean they really run the gamut (laughs) so ant circus says goldfinger has been the best part of this quarantine you know i again have hadn't been paying like a ton of attention to everything they did but like i'm not mad yeah xwt diamond dust says i've honestly never listened to much goldfinger before i feel like i've missed out and like honestly same because like i know this song and i know all of Feldman's work with like good charlotte and blink and so many other bands but like i don't really know goldfinger's music so i feel like i have to go educate myself um dave 597 says this was written for 9 11 but the meaning still holds true for the pandemic amen yep Pure K-A-O-Z, Pure Cows. I don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce that. Chaos. Said, oh, <laughs> there we see. I think see. it's chaos. Yeah, it definitely is. We're all in is. chaos anyway. It definitely is. Pure <laughs> Chaos, spelled K-A-O-Z, said, essential worker here. I've been on 50 to 60 hour weeks since all this started. I wanted to say thank you for these videos. They have been a great escape and have helped keep me sane during the free time I have. Amen. Amazing. Like, <laughs> I I can't imagine Goldfinger wanted anything better than that, you know? Right. Um, Yusuf Adi Gunawan said, I'm a doctor treating COVID-19 patients. Jesus. I feel so proud while showing Goldfinger's quarantine videos to my patients. Goldfinger showed them that people can still be making something even though they're quarantined. I'm 34 years old and still listening to Goldfinger. Hopefully someday I can watch your live performance in Indonesia. Oh my God. Amazing. Indonesia, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Last comment we'll read from here is Mike Gillek, Mm -hmm. um, who just says that Mike's, Herrera's, I guess. Mike's dental hygiene is outstanding. (laughs) Thanks for that deep view of your homes, guys. For someone who probably won't have a chance to see Goldfinger at a live show, these pandemic releases are pure gold. I mean, not not wrong. (laughs) Anything Mike Herrera does is not wrong. I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) We've got to have an episode talking about like Good Charlotte and MXPX. That'll that'll have to be a whole episode. Oh my God, like girl. (laughs) Let's read some comments from song meetings because there's a few. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some a good bunch. ones. 
So Faith said, did they make a religious statement on the song? It's a kick-ass song, really cool, and I absolutely love it, but I can't help thinking there's a religious political statement in it. Oh, well. I don't oh, well. see it as religious, but I I guess I could see how someone might see it as I, I don't I don't know. I, yeah. I'm like trying to rationalize it, but I'm I don't know how how it's this is. It's not the T. Yeah. Faith, Faith, I'm so sorry. Like you missed yeah. the mark on, on this one. <laughs> yeah. It I, I yeah. But no. there were a lot of people like back and forth in the comments of like, is this religious? Is this not? People talking about MXPX in the comments. <laughs> and I'm like, uh before my career was in Goldfinger. Um Megs said, this song is so great. We've got all these songs that sound the same, written about the World Trade Center, and not that I'm bashing them, but they all get to sound the same. But then one listened to this, and it's just like, whoa. What they're saying may sound outright blunt and in your face, but it's what needs to be said, and if that's what it takes, then so be it. Girl, well, you have said it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you did the asterisk. You know, yeah. like, yes, <laughs> come through, girl. <laughs> you need to listen, says. Yes. I love GC. They're my fave band, but I just don't like this song. I don't know why, but the lyrics make sense with the whole September 11th thing. But as much as I love rock, I think it's not the right type of music for something as tragic as September 11th. The song just doesn't hit me like the others do. Huh. The others do. Well, what I guess others? He, I, guess he, <laughs> I guess they're talking about other Good Charlotte songs because this person is saying they love Good Charlotte. Oh. Well, yeah. But The Innocent was, like, specifically targeted about September 11th. So, girl, right. what are you talking about? I, I think they're saying that the song, the music is not tragic enough for, like, the tragic things the song is talking about. That's what I get out of this comment. Ew. Uh, <laughs> That's all I have to say, Errol. Two more. The Mallet Man said, a lot of people I know will immediately overlook the song because of its hard rockish music. But the lyrics are great and reflect a lot of questions and feelings going through the air on 9-11. And then (laughs) Semi-Charmed Girl (laughs) said, I like that this song got across the sadness of the tragedy without all that God bless America shit. See, this is why the show has to be explicit because oh that God. comment that comment would not have come across the same way if I I'm literally it. fanning myself with my hands right now. <laughs> like. I mean I mean, but like it does. That's true. Like yeah. they're not saying God bless America. Right. No. Frankly, I can't imagine Goldfinger and Mess and Good Charlotte singing about god bless america but but it's like it's proof that you know you can talk about how Mm -hmm. tragic totally everything what happened is well you can also talk about politics and right and be very pro-america without being pro your government right right that's yeah so john this has been very fun um as we close up, I like to ask people, how has the song held up for you over time? Girl. Okay. So uh, with Good Charlotte, um, you know, the band has given me so much hope. Um, you know, growing up as a closeted gay 
guy and I, you know, didn't know what to do with my life and then coming out, but whatever. This song has rung true for me because so many people are dying right now yeah. with, with COVID and, um, I don't think that Good Charlotte knew what they were writing when they I mean, wrote they it. Were, they were like, 22, oh no, they knew what they were writing, like but they didn't know. Right, what. but that's what I'm saying. It's like you're, yeah. when you're 22, you don't necessarily like, yeah. you know what you're writing about, but yeah, like you're still young, you know, you're still very yeah. Young. And I like I don't think that they knew what impact that they would have on our life right now. You know, it's the start of Armageddon for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like dealing with all these things and um, people are dying and like, what the fuck is the government doing? And like, no one understands what's going on and it's like utter chaos. So I just want people to like understand like, it's okay to be confused, you yeah. know, we're, we're all in this together. And if you're confused, just reach out to your, your closest people. Um, I reached out to Molly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you're confused, just like reach out to people, talk to yeah. people. And like, even if you don't have answers, that's okay. Totally. Like, a lot of people, there's a lot of things that people don't have answers on right now. Yeah. Um, John, what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years, and how has that changed? I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I think probably most people, like, tear up at least when um, I ask this question. Good Charlotte, um, for me, has meant everything. Um, okay. I, as I said earlier in this podcast, uh, I grew up with only my mom. Mm -hmm. I had no one else. I had no brothers, no sisters, no dad. It was just me and my mom. Um, and just growing up with my mom and discovering this band that like understands, you know, they, they yeah. get it. And it's wonderful to, and every single time you see them live, it's like, it's not, it, it only gets better. Every yeah. single time I see him live, it only gets better. Like, there's no, like, gap, you know? Like, we're, I'm like, ah, oh, well, Good Charlotte was not that good this day <laughs> or whatever. They are consistently better. And anytime I talk with the boys, you know, when, you know, I, I'm a fucking weirdo. So I <laughs> wait outside of uh You're definitely not the only person no. on the show who's done that. I just want you to know. I just want you to know you are definitely not the only person on this show who's done that. Yeah. We just wait outside and we just talk to them and like they are just so incredibly warm and loving and they recognize you and then they talk yeah. to you and it's just like, oh my God. And then especially Paul Thomas, like Paul Thomas, like dot com. Like <laughs> I'm Paul Thomas.com and Billy as well. <laughs> like, no, but they they see you and they get you and they like, oh yeah. hey, St. Louis. And they say to you in your face, 
oh, the kid from St. Louis, good to see you again. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, okay, girl. But uh, yeah, uh, I have no words to say other than I, I fucking love this band and they have done so many great things for me and I'm just so lucky to have them in my life and to, <laughs> I haven't said this, but to guide me to friends that Aww. I need to have in my life. And Molly, you're one of those. Oh, I'm so glad. John, no, so oh, girl, you. don't be glad. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so sweet, though. Girl, you went for that. a mess of a trouble <laughs> if you're going to be in Johnny's <laughs> life, honey. But, you know, to meet you and to meet yeah. all my friends that I, I've had with Good Charlotte, like, it, what the fuck can you say about them? You know, like they have done so much for me and I just am so grateful. Yeah. Anyway. I love that. <laughs> so do you have any last words about the innocent, about good Charlotte or about yourself? Oh girl. Well, we already <laughs> went over the, yeah. the, 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 the floppy disc. Yeah. That was my thing. What I'm looking forward to is about the, uh, we're talking about the songs and about like adding songs to the, the playlist. <laughs> yeah. You want to, you want to let's, let's talk about the playlist. So oh, girl, yes. we are going to put the innocent on this playlist. What, what is your song recommendation for this? So, playlist? so we, anything that's not good, Charlotte. Yes. Anything not good, Charlotte. Um, we have talked briefly, I think on Twitter about the band meet me at the altar. Yes. Yes. Meet me at the altar, pop punk powerhouse. You know, they are the Queens and I just, I mean, they're everything. Um, the song is called garden. Okay. So anyone who wants to like stream, like some new pop punk magic, it's, it's the garden. Um, also, uh, the other song that I want to recommend is it's a drag queen. I'm gay. So I have to <laughs> recommend my drag Queens. Uh, it's a drag queen called Evie oddly, uh, okay. it's spelled a Y V I E oddly. Uh, so O D D L Y. Uh, the song is called hype. It's with Vanessa. Vanessa Vanjie. Okay. You'll, you'll gag. If you need, like, sometimes away from, like, your, like, nine to five or if you're having a hard time and you just want to dance, like, hype is where you're going to go, you know? I wonder if my sister knows it because my sister and I saw Shangela in Amsterdam two years Angela. ago. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, I, yes. I was just, like you know, we're, Hey, like, we, you know, we were going to Amsterdam and I was like, do you know what Shangela is? And she was oh like, Oh, we have God, to go. Um, so I wonder if she knows, uh, who you're talking about. So oh like, no. Yeah. yeah. Evie oddly. Yeah. Y V I E. I'm sure she does. Yeah. My sister seems to be on top of, on top of those things. John, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You are incredible. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So what I, I have to end this like before we like hang up. Um, yeah. I like 
during quarantine, like when it like first started or whatever, like yeah. I was like so down in the dumps and like yeah. you started like your podcast. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like there is someone that has a good Charlotte yeah. podcast dust my ears. Wait, so how did you find the podcast? It was okay. So you know how you like are on Twitter and you can like yeah. follow specific like little trends or whatever yeah so i follow uh good charlotte i follow fallout boy oh. i follow uh I, I forget the other things but your like your podcast someone had mentioned your podcast anyway it came up in my stuff mm. because i'm my interest is good charlotte and you just right. came up and it was like episode three or four and i was like Oh my God, there is no way. There is no way that someone <laughs> is actually literally doing a fucking podcast. Oh no, someone is actually literally doing a Good Charlotte podcast. Hey girl, <laughs> like I was gagged and gooped and I was like, no, I have to touch base with her. Yeah. Girl, I have been listening to your stuff since day one and I just have to tell you, you do not understand like the amount of happiness and love and stuff that you give to people like well i'm just speaking on myself but i i'm sure like podcast people who listen to your stuff will agree but looking forward to your podcast and like hearing it and like having that moment of solace where i can have like a wind down moment where I can like listen to Molly, talk to her people. Like it's my whole thing. Oh my God. I love that. Thank Thank you. you No, thank you for spreading your happiness. Like I I can't even like, there's no words. Oh my God. I no. I, I I'll say this before I do my outro, but no, it's been, it's been so nice because I honestly started it purely as like a, feeling in myself that I needed to like Mm -hmm. do something to create something and put it out into the world and did not at all expect the connection I would get with other people but that's been like such a wonderful experience about all of it yeah Um, I would have never met you yeah, you know? so many and people. That's thing. Like, it's like we probably maybe have like rubbed elbows, like maybe live yeah. at a show, but like I literally would have never been able to talk to you. Yeah, which is like incredible. Um, um, God bless the boys. Honestly, like, they bring us together, <laughs> they girl. Really do. <laughs> like, um, John, this has been amazing. L- listeners, thank you for tuning in. This has been a bonus episode. A few days ago, we talked about Silver Screen Romance from Cardiology. On Wednesday, we'll be back with a song from Youth Authority. My name is Molly Huddleston. I've been your host. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, POD on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, on Twitter and Instagram at M Huddleston, M H U D E L S O N. And please make sure to subscribe to Generation GC, follow it wherever you listen to episodes so that you can hear the episodes as soon as they drop every Wednesday, as well as the bonus episodes. Thank you all for tuning in.